Man, the clinic returns from the summer league. KD and Steph have a conversation about a possible reunion. And DeAndre Ayton secures his bag. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the clinic all-NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. Had a great time with the bros on this pod at Summer League. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. John, how you living, my friend? Sin City, 100. John, zero. Feeling good. <laughs> and Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm feeling good, man. And a gentle word of advice. If you're in your late 30s and you go to Vegas on a Wednesday, do not think you're 22 and it's a Saturday. This is time <laughs> Well, speaking of, I kind of want to talk about our Las Vegas Summer League experience. It was all four of us, our first time going there. You know, shout out to DraftKings for allowing us to go there and also the podcast network, the basketball podcast network for allowing us to go there. And I want to ask you boys, what was like one of the highlights of your Summer League Las Vegas experience? And I'm going to kick it here. I'm going to kick it to John. John, what you think? Oh man, putting me right on the spot. I'll keep it short and sweet. Honestly, we didn't see a lot of basketball as much as we thought we would, but I think that's now that we've done it, it kind of makes sense. It's a lot of basketball in a lot yeah. in a short period of time. And as much as the five of us or four of us here love five of us love basketball, it was just a lot. But I think it was cool to like be able to pick and choose your games and see kind of the players who you want to play. So you don't have to go there from the beginning to end. You could pick a time and it's going on for like a week and a half. So if you wanted to stay longer, you could. But I think it's super dope to watch as many games as possible. See kind of your team, your players, up and coming players. Um, the atmosphere is cool. They're, they're not very strict over there in Vegas. Surprise, surprise. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the entire experience is cool. One thing I wish we didn't do as much is drink. Um, I think we drink a little bit too much. I'll keep it probably. PG. But, probably. But I had a great time. I think we learned some things. And for the next time that we go, hopefully next year, that we'll uh, learn from that experience and, and probably just be able to watch more games and, and be a little bit more sober, I'd say. Dude, we were so ambitious, like planning right. this out. We're like looking at the schedule. We're like, okay, starts at one. The last game's at eight no problem right <laughs> right in reality that's still like eight hours dude it is so lot. long it's jj i'm gonna ask you for a low light man what do you think was a low light of summer league <coughs> the low light man um it was just too hot at vegas that's oh, the only dude. thing like you can't walk outside for that long but overall i'm just gonna say that i've attended NFL preseason games for more than a decade now. And yeah. the hype for Summer League is, dare I say, bigger than NFL's preseason. Which is saying something because... I think you're right. The NFL is, it reigns king in today's uh, society. Sammy, would you uh, back me up on that or what? Completely. This and NBA Summer League to me feels almost more like a celebration of basketball more so than like NFL preseason just NFL preseason to me feels like the players and the teams are saying how fast can we get through it yes you know? yeah yes so that would be the way I would describe it but I, I'm with you man I love the vibe and the atmosphere it just it has a bit of almost like a high school college vibe in the arena 
is the way yeah. I would describe it. Really small, kind of intimate compared to a regular NBA game because you've probably got what? What do you guys think? There was maybe a thousand people in attendance each day in the arena. Yeah, yeah, like in and out. Yeah, thousand, maybe a few thousand. Yeah. Yeah, give or take. So, so there's no bad seats in the house. Food is actually reasonably priced at the arena. That's not priced at like NBA levels, and you don't need to focus the same way because you can bounce in and out. Usually, you're coming just to check out a few high-level rookies, maybe some under the radar guys. So you don't feel the need to be there and pay attention the entire time. You know, like they had some of the we had a little shooting contest among the clinic colleagues during.、Uh, During day two, because they had basketball <laughs> hoops set up outside, and、oh、it's true.、Yeah. It's just an overall cool, very chilled out vibe, and a, a cool way to watch basketball. You can see a lot of NBA media there that you wouldn't normally be that close to, so it's it's very different in a in a cool, different way than a standard、uh, professional game. One of the sweetest things, though, is that okay per day, it's about like sixty bucks, right? What I didn't know is that general admission gets you to like the sixth row. Like you are so、yeah. close to the court,、yeah. I didn't expect that. Did you guys expect to get that close? Because I didn't.、Um, and then、no. JJ, with you talking about the buzz, like better being better than NFL football, like the NFL preseason rather.、Yeah. In the preseason, the players you want to watch aren't playing, right? But in the NBA, like summer league, there were players we watched OKC versus、um, the Sacramento, Sacramento. Kings.、Mm -hmm. And the buzz for Keegan Murray versus Chet Holmgren was like real. I'm gonna ask you guys now that you've seen Chet Holmgren live, has it changed your thoughts about whether or not he could be a superstar? I I think he can if he 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 basically just has to hit the weight room, and I think he will.、Uh, but right now, but basically, it didn't change. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so basically, your thoughts haven't changed. I mean, the agility is there, the talent is there. You can see it when he plays, but he's 190 pounds, man. I can't get past that. Like he's gonna get、uh, bodied in the regular season until he gains at least 25, 30 pounds. So I'm still stuck there because we saw him pretty much get bodied at summer league. And if you're if that's happening there, what happens when we hit the regular season and everyone is? You know, in the weight room all the time, and everyone is a lot stronger. So my my stock skyrocketed in chat.、Yeah. I was mad impressed, like the way that he moves around. He was a lot more fluid than I thought he was. He was shooting deep, like from three. John, did you feel the same way, or your your stock is pretty much the same? I my stock always after watching. Kuzma and a few D'Angelo Russell light up some really. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, those guys are good players, right? I, I just don't put much thought、okay. into the summer league itself because、right. if you're gonna be a star, right, in the NBA, you're gonna play, you're gonna have to play do this against star players. And well, let's be real,、well. there are not really any star players in the summer league, other with the exception of the of Keegan Murray maybe in the first top five picks. But again, you have、yeah. to. That's just such a small sample size to me. So I don't. We have to wait and see how he does in the regular season. On that note, though, let's 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 bring up one other thing that I thought of, not just with Chet, but overall. You can tell which some teams how how well developed they thought some of their players were by the fact that they were pulling them a little bit early. So, like right before we got there, the Magic had been playing Paolo for a couple games. By the end of the second game, they were done. They sent him home. Josh Giddy was there for two games. He got sent home.、Uh, so you could see which teams are kind of saying our guys are ready. We just almost wanted to see if they were as good as we thought they were. 
before right. we pulled them off the court. I, I just thought that perspective was interesting from the opposite end where they didn't want them playing anymore to risk injury. Very, do that think, was NFL preseason vibe a little bit. Do you think a part of that is also though they don't want their prized possession to risk injury? Oh, completely. So I think, starts? I think what the thought was with like Paolo is let's get him out there, see how he does on some level of NBA competition. And he was so good so fast. He said, okay, let's just clear him and not play him anymore. So that, that was the way that I read it. That's weak, though, in my opinion. Sorry to be a hater, but it's only <laughs> summer league, man. You could get hurt playing fives with your own team. That's Just true. Anybody, also true. And if and if any, yeah, I agree. But if any guy's gonna get hurt out there, it's gonna be Chet. He weighs like 150 pounds, <laughs> soaking wet. He's still playing though. Yeah, which is crazy. I know. Props to him. But you know, let's let's get the show on the road. We're gonna talk about some news we might have missed during summer league here. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yet. We're going to talk about KD, Kevin Durant. Reports are out now saying that the Warriors stars are open to a reunion with Kevin Durant, even though the possibility is low. Apparently, Steph Curry talked with Kevin Durant a little bit about this. Also, just the Warriors stars among themselves talked about this. I want to ask you guys with this news, I guess in general, what do you guys think about KD possibly going to the Warriors here. Cap, straight cap. Cap, cap. <laughs> there, like, for me, I just don't see it at all. I mean, given Kevin Durant and how he, we know he acts and and reacts to certain things, I just can't see sensitive. him ever going exactly sensitive. I can't even <laughs> see him going back to Golden State based on the way it ended there. And essentially, he left Golden State because he wanted to win as the guy, or he was hurt from whatever Draymond said. I mean, could he get over that stuff? Yes, but I just don't see it. And then on the Warriors side, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you. They, they signed Kevin Durant as a free agent the first time he came around. Now, in order to get him, he's also 34 years old, I think, that they would have to trade a lot of their young core because that is what, I mean, Brooklyn is asking for a ransom here. So are you willing to give up Kaminga, most likely, Jordan Poole, maybe even Wiseman? And then you have to match salary, so you have to add even more pieces to that and maybe even draft picks. So for me, this is like not even a uh, topic to discuss. I know we're discussing it, but... I honestly don't see this happening at all. And I will eat crow if it does happen. I'll be shocked. Floored. Do you guys agree? I understand why the Warriors players are okay with it because from their perspective, there's no downside. They've already established their legacy. They've got two rings without him. If he comes back and they win more rings for Steph and for Clay and Draymond, it's just we have five rings, six rings, whatever the case is now. They don't lose anything off of that. There's not going to be a second asterisk put down that KD came back when it comes to them. Now for KD, it would be the worst move possible for all the reasons you just said. Because then it would have been, not only did he go there and win after they had won 73 games, he tried on his own and failed so badly that he went back for a second go around and wanted to mooch again. There is no upside for him on this. He would be looked at so poorly if he goes back there and tries to win with them again rather than trying to do anything on his own. So in that regard, I could never see him agreeing to play there for that reason. But from the Warriors' perspective, why not at least talk about it? There's no downside. The Rick Buecher report is, it states that Steph actually reached out to KD. So let's go ahead and break this down. Rick Buecher was actually a sideline reporter 
for the Warriors, and he got fired for Russ Gold. And within the past, what, eight years, he's kind of like sneaked this the Warriors. So you could take that <laughs> with a grain of salt. So he's called, he's called Steph Hogwash, said that even with KD, they're not the favorites to win 2018-2019. He said Steph could never lead a team. So I don't know if I could even believe Buker, but even if it was true, I think it's a power move from Steph. Because it's basically saying, yeah, come over. I want to accept you because I have that power and I'm cool with it. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of like that alpha mentality where it's just like, hey, no worries, man. I'm not threatened by you. I'm not looking at you, dudes. I'm looking past you. I like what you, you know did. what I mean? I like what you did there. Has Rick Buker ever gotten like a prediction right? I remember that he once <laughs> that he once said and, and 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 given Kobe really expressed his you know his disdain at the time for the Lakers and he wanted to get traded if anybody remembers but Rick Buecher said he guarantees that Kobe would not put on a Laker jersey again during that year I think it was 2000 and I want to say 2007 2006 mm -hmm. 2007 so that's Rick Buecher also, for you he also said Katie to the Knicks is a wrap and <laughs> oh man you know, i'm just gonna say this um katie he we i really appreciate what he did for the warriors but we've all seen the receipts everyone has seen the receipts you leave yeah. stuff out of your top five you talk about bob myers about how he could have handled the Draymond spat better talk about cursed playing system and then just liking tweets without signing off his burner account. The tweets that dissed Steph Curry, the nicest guy in the league. Just yeah, saying. Man. Just saying. What this reminds me of, like if this report is true, like with Steph reaching out to KD, Draymond Green, you know, complimenting KD and his time with the Warriors and all this it kind of reminds me of like what you say like in public let's say like there's a friend that you don't necessarily want to kick it with and you're like yeah man come out to the club yeah you should join us you should definitely join us and then the day comes where you actually hit the club and nobody texts him and then the <laughs> next day you say oh dude we forgot to hit you up that's my bad dude that's what it reminds me of is that they're just being nice to kd anyway june who hurt who, who hurt you did JJ not invite you to the club or something? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's it's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code wow. TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, let's switch it back up to free agency now. So the big news that came out yesterday on Thursday so that the Pacers came out and offered a four-year $133 million offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton. So the Suns basically matched the uh, uh, the sheet immediately. And so 
brings up some questions on that part. One, is this contract an overpay? And in addition to that, from the from the Suns' perspective, were they looking to match this only because they didn't properly leverage Aiton in terms of any sort of trade and now want to look to trade him when they can? And so the caveat with that is that he cannot be traded before January. He cannot be dealt to Indiana for at least one year. And the biggest thing is he can veto any trade for one year as well. So based on all that information, what did you guys think of this contract and how do you think this ends up with DeAndre Ayton? Where are we at by the end of next season? <laughs> no, this is, a, the this Suns, is like dude. this is like hella awkward, man. This is super awkward. Yeah. And I honestly I think the Suns dropped the ball. I don't think they there's did. any other I way agree. to put it. Because they lost all their leverage. That if they just had offered DeAndre Ayton a big contract like this they'd still have the opportunity to trade him and they wouldn't have to abide by a six-month minimum term. Yeah. And now they're stuck with him for six at the very least six months. He could also veto a trade. He can't be dealt to Indiana. That's not, that's really inconsequential to me. But still, Phoenix is essentially stuck with Aiden for at least six months. And Look Aiden knows... Did, you little jerk. <laughs> and Aiden knows that the Suns did not want him. So how does that affect the on-court performance? Does he give a half-blanked, half-butted effort, keeping it PG, or does he go hard and, you know, essentially that's what Phoenix is hoping for. But if they were trying to trade for Kevin Durant, that's probably not going to happen unless the, the Nets are willing to wait six months. But they essentially have the same team. But I think Phoenix dropped the ball because they didn't want this to happen, but they were forced their hand and they did not bluff correctly. I guess, so to speak. JJ, if if the Suns didn't release DeAndre Aiden into like restricted free agency, what type of contract would would the Suns like offer for him to agree to it? They would have. They probably would have offered him ninety mil. To be honest, I I think it, it, they probably would have wanted to match with Bridges' contract from last year. Yeah, and it, it was it was just like John hit the nail on the head, which is the Suns messed up, man. Like the Pacers waited and waited and waited, which is a classic negotiation tactic, and the Suns matched because they felt that no one was going to bid on Aiden. But I guess at the end of the day, Aiden gets paid. That's the good part on for his side, <laughs> yeah. but. What's the most dangerous thing that we've seen the past few years for NBA stars being unhappy? Quote unquote, James Harden playing with the hamstring, then getting traded and having a triple double with the Sixers. Can I, uh, can I give you I'm my theory on this really quick? So we've all talked ad nauseum that Phoenix's owner, Robert Sarver, can be a little bit cheap, right? Are we all in agreement on that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Part of me is wondering if what they actually did was wait for someone to offer him a four-year because Phoenix's max to him would have been five for 172. And I don't think they wanted to pay him for five years. Now, in terms of annual, it's not that big a cost savings, but this let them guarantee his contract for one less year. And so I think they wanted him to go get another contract offer because they didn't want to give him the five-year. And I think if they get, if they offered him anything besides the max, he wouldn't have taken it anyway. 
So the conspiracy theorist in me mm. thinks that that might have actually been the play and they wanted to keep him, but they wanted to keep him for four years instead of five. So what you're saying is that you think that the Suns actually saved money. I think they saved by... money, but they did it in a really bad way where it left a bad taste in Aiden's mouth. I don't think this was the right way to approach it, but I think that was that might have been their play. I just don't think DeAndre Ayton is worth four years, 133 million. I don't think so either, but this I don't think crazy. they can afford to lose the asset. I don't yeah, know, no, man. I, I, I'm, uh, I can see what you're, where you're, the angle you're trying to come here at, Sammy, but I don't, I just don't give Phoenix that much credit. I don't think they're. Plus, you wouldn't even really know if a team would give it you. You're, on, you're just assuming that a team's going to say four years. It could have been five years, right? Or oh, they can't no, they offer can. five years? No. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. They can't yeah. offer five years. Okay. That that was that was my theory, is that they I, sure. someone was going to max him. I I mean... I agree with Sammy, actually. I know, so we're split right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't... I feel like if they would have offered DeAndre Ayton, like, four years, and let's, like, cut the middle somewhere between JJ's 90 and this 133 million, like, 120? I think Ayton would have just said yes. Are there reports that he would have said no? That I don't know about. There's it's kind of tricky, rumors right? that he felt that he was a max player, but we'll never know. So Interesting. So let's take it off of that really quick then. One year from now, call your shot. Is he still on Phoenix or after after he's eligible to be traded, does he get traded? Call your shot. I think he's traded. Okay. I'm going to say he's traded too. Okay. I'm going to say that he makes a big enough stink and it's so it's like 76ers awkward like last year 76ers awkward yeah. with ben simmons yeah i just, gets, I just don't, I just traded, don't think, dude he gets traded. i mean did you see his performance in the, the game seven yeah in the second yeah. round yeah against yeah. dallas man that was that was bad i mean chris I, paul didn't play well either but yeah um i just wanted to add this which is the Suns are trying to balance this act of the youth and Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And they maximize this window with Chris Paul by paying him. So if you have arguably the top two player in the league with KD, wouldn't you kind of feel, and this is controversial, but if you're banking on Chris Paul getting you a championship because you paid him that much, would you guys trade Devin Booker to maximize that window? And you have Aiden, KD, and Chris Paul? Oh man. Devin Booker's no. kind of like the chosen one of, of the that's, of that roster though. That's okay. where I'm at too. That's why I yeah. wouldn't do it either. Only because he means a lot to that city. Well, not, yeah, that, but he's also he's only 25. Booker has a lot of years ahead of him. You know, barring any injury. It's tempting though. I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah like I, I would have to really that. think about it. Like if the offer was right, I would really have to think about it. Yeah, for sure. So I see where JJ is coming from. Yeah, we're like trying to. Well, you have to somehow maximize Chris Paul's window, which is right. like yes. Who knows how long that? It could One be like three most. years. It could be like six months. Yeah, <laughs> five years ago. So, five years ago was the window. Yeah. yeah. So I'll conclude oh, this all. I'll, I'll call my shot really quick. I think. CP and Booker talk him into staying for this year. They flame out again in the second round. He gets traded next offseason. That's what I think is going to happen. That's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm going. 
Uh, okay. We'll go on to a, a next uh, free agent uh, discussion or target. So James Harden opted out of his $45 million player option, which surprised a lot of people, frankly. And he then signed a new two-year deal, which is basically a one-in-one second-year player option again. $15 million pay cut this year, so he's only making about 30. And so the thought that he claimed and said was that it would give the Sixers more flexibility to make a title run this year. So what are they going to do to improve the roster? What's the next step for them? And how does this end next year for, for Harden? Does he end up opting out and re-signing with the Sixers? Or what do we think this, this is going to look like for them? And just to preface this with one last thing, he, he said, and I quote, I'm taking this summer as an opportunity to make sure that I get back to an elite level that I know I can be at. What are your guys' thoughts? I'll just wrap this up with what we discussed at Summer League between us four, which is the conspiracies that James Harden will play this contract and then next year opt out where Mr. Mori will hook him up with a fatter contract. Yes. I remember we had that conversation off, to- off the record. But I will counter with this in James Harden's defense because I know nobody here will defend him. So I'll do it. <laughs> it is still a risk in the sense that even if he does able, if he's able to make up that money when he signs a new contract, you guys have to, everybody has to understand that you still risk getting injured. You risk something happening to you. And so you're giving up $15 million up front. So if he tries to get a new contract and something happens, God forbid, he's not going to get his con- a big contract like he's expecting. So you're still taking a risk up front. Yes, there may be, you know, incentives in the future, but it's for somebody to do that, especially a high profile player like him, you got to give him his props. He's trying to make the team better. He's obviously wants to win because he doesn't he's tired of the slander, mostly coming from JJ. <laughs> so he wants that championship. That's my defense. This is a beautiful move, man. A beautiful move by James Harden's PR team. Like making him look like like a team guy. I'm who knows, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe he is a team guy. Where his like, okay, Arc Squad needs more money to bolster our roster. So here's fifteen million dollars. I'll opt out this time. Just as long as I feel like I'm gonna get taken care of later. But the thing is, James Harden, is that I wanna say that maybe 25% of the people that watch basketball religiously think you could get back to an elite level. The rest of us think you might be on the downhill. I'm there. I think I think you're on the downhill. I don't think it's going to happen for you. I don't think that next fat contract is going to happen. I'm sorry. This might be it. I think he gets the contract even if he doesn't get back to that level because Maury's going to be unreasonably loyal. But I will say, if if we take any of this on its face value, what it says that he and Maury had a conversation and Philly's got a move left that they needed that cap space for. Might not be a major move, might not be like by a KD or anything like that, but they've got a move left up their sleeve and he was told about it in advance because I don't think he would have sacrificed $15 million unless he knew that they were going to put that money to use somewhere else. Otherwise, there's no point. So who does that I... mean could be on the move? Does that mean <laughs> Tobias Harris is on the move potentially? That that's the the guy that's most thrown out there, especially with PJ Tucker there now. Harris is a little bit of let's call it a luxury, a thirty million dollar luxury nonetheless. 
So I wonder if he's on the move. It seems like Maxi's untouchable. So I'm curious. I do not think that the roster that stands now is the roster for them come opening night. So but okay. at the end of the day, I'm in agreement that uh, with Jay on this, I do think he's going to get a new contract from them. Maybe it's not a full five year next year, but I do think they'll take care of him as like a under the table. Thanks for taking the cut up front this year. Is James I'm Harden an all-star next year? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm about to come with you guys with the mo a, maybe a ridiculous, but a very Skip Bayless-esque oh, no. Ernie Johnson. Write it on your post-it note inside Kendrick the Perkins. NBA. Yes, Kendrick Perkins take right now. <laughs> James Harden is going to be a dark horse MVP candidate next season. Friends, do not rush to DraftKings no. for this one. Just friendly advice. <laughs> no. Don't say wow. words. I said it. Big we just words. we just lost half our viewership now. <laughs> Thanks, John. JJ, all star or not? No. If he's an all star, then Draymond Green will win Defensive Player of the Year. Savvy, what do you think? I think he'll get in for one more year on his reputation. I do think he's an all star, but I think he's the last draft pick again like he was this year between KD and LeBron when each of them were passing <laughs> on him even for Rudy Gilbert. Hilarious. Oh, That's hilarious. Sleeping on, you're sleeping on James, man. Just had to ask. So, I love so, it. Let's go. Alright, so our last topic of today and maybe the biggest news that came out of the last few days. In what was being speculated for a while, reports officially came out saying that Donovan Mitchell as well as every Jazz veteran player is essentially going to be on the market at this point. The Knicks, who have been heavily rumored for him for months, even going back a year, already came out as the biggest suitor. So, we've heard the rumors of what the Nets want for Durant. We saw what the T-Wolves traded for Gobert. Danny Ainge is the one running the show in Utah. What's the price for Donovan Mitchell? And does he end up in New York? Man. It doesn't even make sense to me why New York would even want him. Can I say okay. that? Okay. What's, <laughs> like why, why is that? Give me your logic. Like the construction. Okay. You just got Jalen Brunson. Right. Okay. And then now you have Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Them working together fit. in tandem. It's a weird fit with yeah. Julius Randle. Who else? Mitchell Robinson. Oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like a winning team to me that you'd want to like give up a bunch of stuff in order to get. Is that, is that too bold to say? Not necessarily. I think a lot of this is just for New York wanting star power. That's my theory. Yeah. That's well. That that that's what I was going to say, which is New York, the Knicks organization have disappointed their fan base for the last twenty five years, and they'll continue to do so with Dolan at the realm. But I think just get Donovan Mitchell, man. If you're about selling tickets, that's what you're gonna do because no one's going out there to see RJ Barrett or Julius Randle. At least Donovan Mitchell has some style points, and New York is all about style. <laughs> yeah, that, right? that, that sounds true. That, that sounds that sounds eerily like a Carmelo Anthony-led team, which is going back to all flash and just like a second-round exit. So yeah, the latest no. reports out of this is that the Jazz want a ransom from the Knicks. They want six first-round picks in addition to some combination of young players such as Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Miles McBride, and Cam Reddish. So 
that's a lot. And if I remember, there's only one other team that's willing to give up that many picks. The Knicks may be one of them. The second one are the Sammy's LA Clippers, baby. Um, LA Lakers, bro. That's an LA thing. Anthony Davis says what's up. <laughs> well, AD is better than Paul George, but he's just injured all the time. Anyway, I will say that it's, it's a lot. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen if the, if the Jazz are, are asking for this much. Okay, so let me, let me go off of that. If he does end up in New York, whatever the trade may be, and I'll follow that up after this question. What is New York ceiling next year? <laughs> and don't say the roof uh, of Madison Square Garden. Like, what, how good can the team be? Man, I mean, eight, seven, probably. You're so, so you're saying with with Donovan Mitchell, they're still a playing team, Jay? Yes. Okay. I'm All there right. too. Okay. Like fringe, Don. fringe playing. Wow. <laughs> no, I think they'll fringe. make the playoffs. I think they'll make the play. I think they make the playoffs. I'm I think like that. a six, fifth or sixth seed. I'm, you guys, I'm okay. I'm with John on this one. I think they end up. Do you in guys the five secretly have like Julius Randall jerseys? Like, what's up with this? Uh, Seriously, perfect follow-up <laughs> question. Actually, thank you for asking that. So, one more question about this as our final question of the night. What's the trade look like? If you give me a, you know, I do love the trade machine, so I have one in mind. I'd love to hear. Do you guys have raw framework in for who's involved in terms of? The players so i think the knicks are going to try to uh keep rj barrett and, and both julius randall and the only way to do that is to give a, a boatload of draft picks they can trade up to eight picks based on what i'm reading outright so i i could totally see the knicks mortgaging their entire future of draft prospects five or six picks and then three or four of their current prospects that are already in the nba so I could see the Knicks do it, and that's what's going to take to get it done. So, okay. And, but I do think that they will want to keep R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, and that's the way to do it. Okay. Jay or June, any thoughts? Go ahead, Jay. What do you think? Sorry, uh, my mind is not even like on the Knicks right now. I'm just thinking Trey <laughs> Murray versus Brunson and Mitchell. Okay. That'd be kind of exciting. I'd enjoy that. Yeah, that's that. true. Okay. June, any thoughts then? Any thoughts on a, on a trade? Yeah. Uh, so the Jazz are stupid if they <laughs> don't take RJ Barrett. Like if they just don't hold out for RJ Barrett. Like okay. he has to be a piece in it okay. because, I mean, Cam Reddish, Obi Top, and the other piece is Emmanuel Quickly. Like you got to get those two and picks at least, like minimum to even mm-hmm. make this be worth it. Otherwise, you just keep Donovan Mitchell. You wait for the next offseason and shop him or during the season. Okay. I'm trying to get like meaning, one meaningful piece, which would be RJ Barrett to me. Okay. So, so I have a slightly different take on this than both you, June, you, and John. So I, uh, I did a little dancing in the trade machine. Uh-oh. My one concern with Barrett, I do like him. He's going to be up to be maxed in about a year. And do you think he's worth a max? That's the only question. So here's the trade that I came up with. I don't even think the Jazz want Randall. I think he has to be in there to make the numbers work. And New York did not seem all that happy with him, particularly when he basically flipped off the crowd last year. Uh, so the trade I came up with is Julius Randall, Emmanuel Quickly, 
Quentin Grimes, who the Jazz are rumored to be very interested in, had a great summer league. Four first-round picks, two first-round pick swaps. That gets, uh, I think that gets Donovan Mitchell to Madison Square Garden. And if you're Danny Ainge, you do that for the reason that JJ said earlier. The Knicks have been notoriously, notoriously poorly managed. And they tend to, even when they have good teams, find ways to blow it. And those picks end up being very valuable. Wow, I'm Mr. Manager. You're you're right, I am, sir. (laughs) Uh, So... If, sake of argument, that's the trade, then the Jazz in the next four years have added eight first-round picks, nine first-round picks, three pick swaps, and then guys on rookie deals and quickly Grimes, I believe Vanderbilt from Minnesota is on a rookie deal. They're going to flip Beverly. They'll probably be able to flip Randall. I think it gives them a good base to really restock the cupboard. They're probably going to turn around then and trade Bogdanovich and Clarkson and just keep stocking up. So I actually think that this gets done this offseason. And it might even be a bigger price than what I'm saying, like you're saying, June, because it's New York. They get desperate. They notoriously do this all the time. That's true. You make a good point about the salaries matching, but they actually don't have to trade Randall or RJ or Randall. They have Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier um, who are also taking bigger they have bigger salaries so that would one of those two or maybe both would actually make it work as well it's a point is it messed up to say that the the stopping point for contract talks might be um might be quote no you take randall no you take randall <laughs> no seriously you take randall no, it you might be him. and that might take a 13 <laughs> who knows if they have to reroute him but i honestly think what utah would do is take him if he's yeah. offered Try yeah. to get him, let him be the featured guy for one year. Let him get all these empty stats and then turn around and deal him in the next offseason. Think yeah, on a very different level what Chris Paul and OKC did that year. Okay. Remember, he was a distressed asset when Houston traded him and they turned around and managed to flip him back to Phoenix after he had a good year. So you're saying Julius Randle is going to go play for Michael Jordan? Likely, yes. Okay. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> we and called I'll, this I'll... last week, by the way. <laughs> Listeners, we called this last week. It's true. Yeah, we said Danny Ainge, he's so what egotistical that he wouldn't want Donovan Mitchell, and he wants his fingerprints all over the team. And I won't take what? credit for this because I didn't call it. But I also said James Harden might be an MVP caliber <laughs> player next year. So you, you're gonna take what I say with a grain of salt. With that being said, that's actually all we have for tonight's spot. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. I need a vacation. John, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. Can't wait for Sin City 101, John Zero. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Good to be here. And just a quick note to our listeners that if you're NFL fans, it's coming this offseason. We're going to mix it up. Throw a little NFL content out there, but we'll keep you all posted. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, who's putting us on Twitch right now. Thanks to all those watching on Twitch. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.